الجزيرة بودكاست It was just three years ago when rape became a crime in Senegal. It is still very challenging for women in this country to get justice when it comes to sexual abuse. So in 2021, when a high-profile sexual assault case hit the news, Nicholas Huck, Al Jazeera's correspondent there, says it was tricky for Senegalese media to talk about. This case has never been referred to in the press as a rape case. The word rape doesn't even exist in the Wolof language. The accused is an opposition politician, Osman Sanko. He's a main candidate in the upcoming election next year. And he was allegedly at the Sweet Beauty Massage Parlor in 2021 when the crime took place. People here in Senegal, in the local news, and people in authority, whether in government or in the opposition, call it the Sweet Beauty Massage Affair. Last week, a court reached a sentence in the case. Opposition leader Usman Sonko has been acquitted of rape charges in Senegal. However, a court has sentenced him to two years in prison for corrupting youth. And Sanko's supporters, who say all of this is politically motivated, came out into the streets in force. Six more people have died in clashes between police and opposition supporters in Senegal, taking the death toll from the recent protests to 15. It started with a case of sexual assault. Now, Senegal is being ripped apart. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Nick, it is so good to have you back on the show. For our newer listeners, why don't you give us an introduction? My name is Nicholas Hawk. I am the correspondent for Al Jazeera English, based out of Dakar, Senegal. And I've been living here. This is my home. This is where my kids were born and have been growing up for the last 10 years now. So what is happening now in Dakar, where you are? Because I've seen reports of clashes in the streets, cars on fire, tear gas being volleyed. Are you in the city right now? What does it look like? I am Malika, and it is absolutely unusual. Usually the story takes me somewhere else. Dakar is really well located in West Africa. It's the most stable, friendly democracy, longest democracy in the region. And here I am, Around the corner from where I live, we go to bed to the sound of gunshots, to the smell of tear gas, and to the sound of looting, to seeing my local supermarkets being looted by people that I know. French-owned or foreign-owned gas stations, supermarkets are being protected by the military. There's all these deaths that are unaccounted for, and there's a friend of mine, he's actually a friend of a friend, and he was trying to walk home when the verdict was read out and there was tear gas on the streets, and he died trying to get home from an asthma attack. Oh no, I'm so sorry. It is an incredible level of violence that has shocked people. It scares me. So let's talk about the reason for these clashes. They're happening because on June 1st, Osman Sanko, a popular opposition leader in Senegal, was sentenced to two years in prison. Now, we'll get to why he was sentenced in just a bit, but 
You've met him before. What should we know about him? So I met Usman Sonko a number of times. I, I met him when he launched his political party back in 2014. He's a, a young man. I mean, when I say a young man, just a few years older than me in his 40s. And he was a taxman. The tax authority in Senegal is a very powerful institution. And that's when he started getting into a position of authority. He came across as astute, smart, good thinker, and at the time, very refreshing. At 44 years old, this former tax official is presented as a beacon of hope. One of the first programs to be addressed, if I were to be elected, is the reconstruction of the Emily Badiane Bridge. I met him again when he ran for these elections in February 2019. But he, by then, grew into really a popular figure because he started denouncing the corruption that he perceived was happening inside the government. And he won a lot of votes among young disenfranchised men. He came third during those elections. Macky Sall, according to those provisional results, winning 58.25%. His closest rival then, Idrissa Sack, on 20%. And Usman Sonko coming in third with 15.67%. He's seen as the anti-establishment politician that speaks to the young. He's a disruptor in many ways. He scares a lot of people and he unites a lot of people. But no one is indifferent to Usman Sonko. He has denounced the relationship with France, a former colonial power. The best way I could put it is like, let's make Senegal great again kind mm. of message. Wow. So what is it that Sanko has been convicted of? So I met him again in 2021. And that's when Usman Sanko was accused by a young woman called Ajisar, who was under the age of 21 at the time, of rape and sexual abuse. Usman Sonko's alleged victim, a young salon employee called Aji Saar, had given testimony at the tribunal in which she described, some might say quite courageously and in graphic detail, the number of occasions on which she said she was raped by the Senegalese opposition leader. So, I interviewed Usman Sonko in March 2021. We sat down together at his home. I remember he was wearing this striking white boo-boo, uh, he had a skull cap on. He was friendly, and I said, uh, "I said to him, so, so why did you go visit a, a massage parlor?" He told me that he spent his childhood doing a lot of judo, a lot of martial art, and he has um, arthritis in the lower back, and he needs regular relieving of that backache. So I asked him, "If you have problems with arthritis in your back," Why did you go to the Sweet Beauty Massage Parlor on the night of the 31st at 9 o'clock at night instead of calling a doctor? I can give you a number. I know lots of doctors that treat backache. <laughs> you really said that? Yeah, I have backache all the time. My neighbor's an osteopath. Wow. And he said, well, it's my right to choose what kind of care I want to get. And then I asked him the second question. Did you abuse the person massaging you? Did you rape Ajisar? the woman that accused you of rape. And he looked at me, he was so angry when I asked him that question. And his eyes went big, and he looked at me straight into the eyes, and he clenched his fists, and he said, no, no, I would never do that. I have committed no crime. And that was it. But 
The court case continued. You know, he had a rallying cry of young men around him. And his arrest, his detention, caused incredible violent riots. The government, the police officers were totally overwhelmed. All of the supermarkets were looted, banks were looted, gas stations were looted. And we have to remember the context. We had just gone through the COVID pandemic where people were living in isolation, where there was a curfew in a country where people live on from daily wages. That was really hard for them. And there was anger mostly because of the economic circumstances that people were going through following the COVID pandemic. Less so because people actually supported Usman Sonko. It was to do with how young people felt. And that's the key to this story, is that Sonko is able to tap into how a large proportion of young, unemployed men feel in this country. It took another two years until Sanko was actually sentenced. On Wednesday, Senegal's public prosecutor, Abduk Karim Diop, called for a 10-year prison sentence in the rape trial of opposition leader Usman Sonko. Diop also called for a separate five-year jail term, accusing Sonko of corrupting the youth. Now, normally, in a rape case, if someone is accused of rape, then he's taken into detention until the trial is over. But this isn't any someone. This is the most powerful opposition leader in the country. So he was free. Actually, he's still free to this day as we speak. Thousands of supporters of Usman Sonko gathered at his home in Dakar on Monday after the Senegalese opposition leader was released on bail under judicial supervision. He has until Sunday to give himself up in order to have a retrial. Or police will come and arrest him and he'll be taken to jail. He was accused of also making death threats against the woman, Ajisar. I want to talk about the political implications of this, but before I move on, we almost can't have this conversation without hearing what Sanko himself has said about this case and his innocence in this case, because he said some pretty awful things since being accused. That's right. I mean, so he refused to attend the trial. But once the trial was over, the next day, he made a speech. At one point, he described his accuser, the young woman, Ajisar, as being a chimpanzee that had a stroke, that she looked like that, and that if he could rape any woman, he could rape anybody or someone that was much more beautiful. And saying those things had really shocked a number of people in the country. He continues to say that the, this whole affair is completely fabricated. The one that has really lost in all of this is the accuser herself. There's been lots of death threats against her life. Wow. So he was acquitted of rape, but found guilty of corrupting youth, immoral behavior towards individuals younger than 21. That's right. What does that actually mean? That's a difficult one to explain, but essentially it's a much lesser offense than rape. And I can tell you that Ajisar was really upset that he wasn't convicted of rape. Um, 
And a lot of people now are saying, you see, he's not a rapist. People who defend him feel vindicated by the fact that he has not been sentenced to, to rape. As for the women of Senegal, Nick says many of them are afraid to speak out, and there have been attacks on women during the protests. But Nick says it's not one-sided. Look, there are women that support him, without a doubt. Young women that support him because he's standing up to President Macky Sall. And we can't talk about Sonko without talking about the president himself. And more now on 50-year-old Macky Sall. He's President Wad's former political protege. He served as mining minister, prime minister, and president of the National Assembly. For his critics, he's seen as arrogant, trying to cling on to power. He says he has the right to run for a third term in office, which, depending on how you look at the Constitution, could be or could not be illegal. And yet, President Macky Sall has done a lot for women's rights. One of the first laws that he put in place was to make health care free for young mothers and children under five. He's the first president married to a Senegalese wife. Previously, there were always white French women. And his wife is extremely popular amongst women. But now that there are protests, there's a question. Who profits from this violence? Is it Usman Sonko or is it Macky Sall? Because... Each of them blame the other for the violence. More after the break. Get your news in less than three minutes, three times per day with the Al Jazeera news updates. Just ask your home device to play the news by Al Jazeera or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Like Nick said, Senegal faced similar deadly protests in 2021, when opposition leader Osman Sanko was first arrested in this sexual assault case. So when the violence broke out this time, the police were prepared. Too prepared, say some critics. On one hand, people are scared of the Sanko supporters. And on the other hand, people are scared of the repressive nature of the state that's using police officers in civilian clothes that is arresting, like just in 48 hours, I think 500 people were arrested. And we were interviewing someone 45 minutes after the verdict. He was just walking home telling me, I don't like politicians. I want nothing to do with politics. I'm just a day laborer. I'm not a politician. I'm just a liberal working in a private company since 2017. And I have never witnessed such violence. I am shocked to see the police behaving like this. And I asked him, like, but, but are you scared? Yes, I'm scared. I'm so scared. Why are you scared? Oui, j'ai peur, he says to me. Oui, j'ai peur. I'm scared of the police. And just as he says that... Suddenly, masked police take him in a police van. A police officer with a ski mask on just grabs him and puts him in detention. He's being detained. I've never seen this before, Malika. The police are not giving us any explanation to why they've stopped the young man that we were speaking to. Do we know why? He spent eight hours in detention. We called the police chief repeatedly until he was released. We were given no explanation. And I felt terribly guilty of interviewing him. 
Because I know it's because our cameras were pointed at him that he was singled out. And that sends a chilling message both to people and to journalists. Wow. So all of this is happening right now, and it's only the beginning of election season in Senegal. The elections are coming up in February. As you've mentioned, let me just set the scene. Macky Sall is the president now. He's finishing the second of his two terms, which means he shouldn't be running again, but there has been talk of a third term. And in the last election, Sanko came in third. This sentencing could mean he's disqualified from the election. He clearly, though, has a lot of support, and those supporters see these accusations and this conviction as dirty politics to get him disqualified. Is there any truth to their point of view? No, absolutely. You can't deny the fact that the justice system, according to rights group, sways in the favor to those in power. Rights groups in general have been denouncing how repressive the government has become, which is highly unusual in the beacon of democracy in West Africa, Senegal. In a place that has a long tradition of discussion and debate. This is not a country that is used to what we're seeing right now. And for a lot of people, the person that they're looking up to for this, to unite, is President Macky Sall. Now, he's called for unity. He's called for dialogue. He's using the right words. But his security forces are using tactics unprecedented. The Ministry of Interior is shutting down the internet. It's like we're living in 1997 here. There is no... 4G networks or telephone network. We have to use the Wi-Fi or dial-up in order to, to talk to you. That's what I'm using right now to speak to you. Finally, you have been in Senegal for so many years. Keeping that in mind, with the election still months away, are you afraid that it could get worse? I'm, I'm scared for my country, for this country, Senegal. It's a country of peace. It's a country that I love. It's a country that has an open Media where you can make fun of people that are in power up until now. We were just reporting the other day and Magali, our camera woman, was an experienced journalist in her own right, you know, and she was just standing there with a camera. A 44-year-old woman that was just taken abruptly by the police, dragged in front of a crowd, you know, um, and, and there is, again, a gender dynamic here. I'm showing to them, you see, I can do anything to anyone I want. No one's above the law, even journalists. So yes, there's something that's happening that's not the norm here in Senegal. But here's something to remember. The Senegalese are extremely proud of their country and their institutions. And so they will protest and demonstrate for their democracy beyond Usman Sonko, beyond police brutality and everything, before Gandhi, before the nonviolent peace movement that you had in India or in South Africa, you had a peace movement here in Senegal under the guise of Sheikh Amadou Bamba, a Sufi leader that led a peaceful nonviolent movement against the French colonizer. And in the streets of the capital, 
the car, you see this graffiti that says, Bamba merci, Bamba thank you. It's in the core of this country and of society. And I think that there's enough sense amongst both the opposition and the presidency to drag it down a notch to return to dialogue. But maybe there'll be more violence before we get to that, unfortunately. And that's The Take. We'll be back on Thursday. This episode was produced by Amy Walters and Sonia Bagat, with David Enders, Chloe K. Lee, Miranda Lynn, Ashish Mahotra, Nagin Oliai, Khalid Sultan, and me, Malika Bilal. Our sound designer is Alex Roldan. Tim St. Clair mixed this episode. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer, and Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio.